Welcome to this special episode of Royally Screwed. My name is Chris Shearer, and usually I would be talking about some of the best, worst, and craziest rulers throughout history. This mid-break episode, I'm bringing you two quick stories from American history. The first, I originally wanted to do a regular season episode over until I decided it just didn't belong there. The other is a very quick story that I wanted to tell here, but couldn't just make it its own special unless I wanted to release something one minute long. So, let's tease them, shall we? First, did you know that America once had an emperor? And I'm not talking about one of the older Native American empires that thrived before things started getting colonized. No, this is post-Declaration of Independence. In the second story, we're going to take a look at a brief moment in time during the Cold War where America and the USSR seemingly came together when it came to one very wild topic. So sit back and take a load off for this installment of Royally Special, Two Short American Tales. America's one and only emperor was Joshua Abraham Norton. He was born in 1818 in Kent, England to Jewish parents. When he was very young, Norton's parents moved the family to South Africa as part of a colonization effort. At some point, Norton ended up back in the UK because in 1846 he sailed from Liverpool to Boston. Three years later, he ended up in the city for which he is most associated, San Francisco. It's said he arrived in San Francisco via a boat from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, and with him he had 40,000 US dollars, which is worth about 1.6 million US dollars today. This is an outrageous sum of money considering Norton's father had just died several years earlier in a state of bankruptcy, and there's not really any record available to tell us how Norton actually secured this money. Following that same story, he eventually managed to invest that money and came out with $250,000, which would be close to $10 million in 2023. However much money he actually had, it was said that by 1852, he was one of the most wealthy and respected citizens of San Francisco. Unfortunately, Norton's fortunes turned on him when he decided to get into the rice trading business. China was undergoing a famine and stopped the exportation of rice, so Norton sought to corner the local grain trading business. Unfortunately, just as soon as he had spent an outrageous amount of money on rice shipments, several massive shipments of rice arrived from Peru, turning his fortune in rice into mere pennies. Norton sought to void his contract, which eventually led him into a protracted legal battle that made it all the way up to the California Supreme Court. When he was ruled against in the case, Norton was reduced to near poverty and found himself living in a working class boarding house by the late 1850s. He also made a failed attempt to run for US Congress around this time. Completely disillusioned with the American political and judicial system, Norton decided that it was time to take matters into his own hands. On the 17th of September, 1859, Norton paid for a space in the San Francisco Daily Evening Bulletin. Norton's spot was a declaration that the American Union clearly needed new guidance and he should be the one to help lead it into the right direction. So from that point on, he was declaring himself the Emperor of the United States of America. 
he expected representatives from the different states to meet him in San Francisco by the following February in order to get things straightened out. In the newspaper, Norton also said that a large percentage of the American population was crying out for his rule, which was very much not true. Over the next several years, Norton would continue to pay for articles in the newspaper that he viewed as the message board for his different imperial orders. A couple months after proclaiming himself emperor, Norton issued a decree calling for the dissolution of the U.S. Congress. A couple months afterwards, he called for the U.S. Army to enact the previous decree. Other orders included calling upon both the Catholic and Protestant churches to formally declare him Emperor of America, this time with the specific request hoping to grant him power in order to stop the Civil War. He also called for the dissolution of both the Democratic and Republican political parties, which, yeah, that's one I wish I'd gone through. A particularly funny decree was that anyone who did not call San Francisco by its full name was ordered to pay the Imperial Treasury a fine of $25, which in 1872 amounted to over 62023 US dollars. It's very easy to think that the public viewed Norton as a joke. I mean, none of his decrees were ever taken seriously. He was never recognized by any political body as the Emperor of the United States. However, Norton had been respected by his fellow citizens before his reign, and he still held a great deal of respect afterwards. In 1867, a private security group attempted to arrest and imprison Norton on the grounds of insanity. After a massive public outcry, Norton was released and was given a personal apology by the chief of police. Norton even issued an imperial pardon to the leader of the private security force. Like, the people may not have given Norton any power as an emperor, but he was still a popular and well-liked denizen of San Francisco. Police officers would sometimes even salute him when passing him on the streets. Even though Norton himself never actually managed to get anything done as a self-proclaimed emperor, several of his imperial ideas were later implemented. For instance, he formally declared that there should be a League of Nations decades before the organization was formed after World War I. His other major concern was building either a bridge or tunnel from San Francisco to the city of Oakland across the bay. Both a tunnel and bridge would eventually be built, the Bay Bridge and the Trans Bay Tube. Ever since the Bay Bridge was built, there have been efforts by local groups to either rename the bridge after Norton or at least give it an honorary name. A plaque to the Emperor was created in 1939 and the group who commissioned it hoped to mount it on the bridge, but the city refused this request. The plaque was eventually hung up in the Trans Bay Terminal, one of San Francisco's transportation centers. The plaque was eventually taken down, then restored, then vandalized in 2020 before being moved to the historical Malloy's Tavern in Colma, California, near where Norton is now buried. The legislative branch of California's government has also sometimes brought up motions in order to either rename the Bay Bridge or give it an honorary title. As of 2022, the Norton Trust, which was the main group advocating for the renaming of the bridge, has stopped its renaming efforts. I for one think the bridge should be renamed. Sorry San Francisco, but Bay Bridge is a boring name. Emperor Norton Bridge is much better. 
Much like any ruler, Norton attempted to engage in foreign policy, to a not very effective decree. The only success he had in foreign policy was a passing comment from someone he decided to make his own. In the 1860s, Emperor Napoleon III of France invaded Mexico. This invasion is where we get the celebration of Cinco de Mayo, by the way. As there was no undisputed ruler of Mexico during this time, a citizen of San Francisco told Norton that he should add the title Protector of Mexico to his imperial honors. And so Norton was now Emperor of the United States and Protector of Mexico. Again, this didn't actually mean much. Other ventures included writing many letters to Queen Victoria of England, often asking for her hand in marriage. These letters went unnoticed, and King Kamehameha V of Hawaii. Kamehameha was notable for not recognizing the sovereignty of the United States. It's said that by his death, the King of Hawaii only recognized Emperor Norton as the ruler of America. As his reign continued over the course of 21 years, stories began to develop around the Emperor of America. Some people claimed that he was actually just pretending to be poor, which was false because he was absolutely destitute. Other people spread the rumor that he was actually the son of Emperor Napoleon III who had been forced to flee his home country. The most pervasive spreader of falsehoods during Norton's lifetime was the newspaper The Daily Alta California who would publish humorous imperial decrees claiming they had come from Emperor Norton himself. In order to circumvent any misconceptions, Norton soon turned to the black American-owned newspaper The Pacific Appeal. If you read an imperial decree in The Appeal, you knew it was from Norton. But despite any rumors of Emperor Norton being secretly wealthy, the first and only Emperor of the United States of America passed away on the 8th of January 1880 in complete poverty. He had less than $10 to his name. His room at a boarding house was filled with fake letters from foreign leaders and the flamboyant costumes he would wear around the city as his imperial garments. His obituary in the San Francisco Chronicle began with, Le Roy est mort. The king is dead. He was originally set to be buried in a plain wooden coffin in a pauper's graveyard, but his fans gathered funds to get him a nicer final resting spot. In 1934, his coffin was exhumed and transferred to Woodlawn Memorial Park Cemetery in Colma, California. And thus ends the story of Norton I the United States of America's only emperor. Let's fast forward a little over 100 years after the death of Emperor Norton to talk about something completely different. It's the mid-80s. America and the USSR are deep within the Cold War despite the fact that it would end only a few years later. Thirty years prior, in 1955, the leaders of the US, the Soviet Union, the UK, and France had met in Geneva, Switzerland in order to discuss peace and global security. In 1985, President Ronald Reagan of the United States met with General Secretary Mikhail Gorbachev of the Soviet Union. The point of the meeting was much the same as the previous Geneva summit. Peace. This meeting was very important as the previous decades had seen both nations build up an arsenal of deadly weapons, mainly nuclear missiles. The hopes of the summit were for both nations to agree to scale back their nuclear programs. 
Despite the looming threat of a possible World War III ever in the background, the two leaders seem to be getting along just fine. However, the most important part of this story was when the two leaders decided to take a break from the official proceedings of the Geneva Summit to go on a walk together. The only people accompanying Reagan and Gorbachev were their personal translators. What they talked about was kept secret from the public for decades to come. It was only in 2009 when General Secretary Gorbachev shared their private conversation. In an interview with talk show host Charlie Rose and Reagan's Secretary of State George Shultz, Gorbachev told them the following. From the fireside house, President Reagan suddenly said to me, What would you do if the United States were suddenly attacked by someone from outer space? Would you help us? I said, no doubt about it. He said, we too. Aliens. That's right, America and the Soviet Union made an agreement that they would stop the Cold War if aliens invaded Earth. Unfortunately, we never got to see this end to the Cold War. Also, you might think this is kind of strange coming from the two most powerful men on Earth in 1985. However, Reagan was a massive fan of science fiction. His nuclear program strategy was referred to as Star Wars. He had both astronauts and sci-fi writers help him with that program as well as work with him on ideas for future technological innovations. Love or hate both guys, you gotta admit that it's a charming historical story. But that's it for this episode of Royally Special. Be sure to subscribe to the show, tell a friend, and follow the Denim Creek page on Twitter and Instagram for more info about each episode. Regular episodes will return next week on September 2nd. I hope you'll join me then for another topsy-turvy look into history's most interesting rulers. Whoa, 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 whoa.